Terence Daddy Haji Hajkarti is an architect. No, he does not design homes or skyscrapers, but he does have the ability to lift you way above the earth. Daddy Haji, as he is known to his legion of fans, has masterfully created a catalog of music that spans over three decades. Music was his only career choice, he says. More of a calling. In his early teens, he was attracted to the new phenomenon called hip-hop that was beginning to stream into the Caribbean from cities in the United States. Though the genre caught his attention, nothing had more of an impact on him than the soca bands of his immediate region. It was unlike the soca music coming out of Trinidad. The style wasn't even necessarily called soca just yet. Though not social commentary, it was still referred to as Calypso in the smaller islands, and boy was it different. Bands like the Wrecking Crew, 17 Plus, and the Burning Flames ruled the airwaves, and Haji soaked it all in. The sounds escaping the Virgin Islands, St. Kitts, Antigua, St. Martin, Dominica, and his native Anguilla all landed in his headphones, and he promised himself that one day he too would be part of the fabric of sound coming from the region. Haji kept his promise. Since 1998, Haji has been the maestro behind countless hits. More importantly, his work as producer and keyboardist has won him a record-breaking 13 Road March titles on Anguilla. Whether he's performing hits from the 90s and 2000s with his better band, or Exodus HD, his current band, fans flock to venues knowing that Haji will be serving up sonic treats. Musicians in the region respect him. However, his music is most loved on Anguilla, the place where he has been an integral part of shaping the modern sound and structure of the island's soca scene. Though he has accomplished much, Haji is not finished. He has plans to make his brand bigger, and yes, better. This is the story, thus far, of Terence Daddy Haji Hajkarti. I am Crispin Brooks, and this is Planet 30. He is a keyboardist, songwriter, composer, and architect of the Anguilla Soka scene. Terrence Daddy Haji Hodgecarty, welcome to Planet 30. Hey, hey, Crispin. It's nice to hear you. I haven't heard from you in a minute. And I just want to say blessings, peace, and uh, love to everybody who's listening and tuning into the podcast. Good night. <laughs> likewise, likewise. So, tell us, Haji, this entire journey in music started on the tiny island of Anguilla. Now, tell us a little yeah. bit about your upbringing on Anguilla. Well, I grew up uh, in, everybody know who's uh, Anguillan and lived here for all the, you know, the time that, uh, that Anguilla's been around, uh, knows about the quarter. I grew up in the quarter, um, started off. Uh, first of all, in a household where music was always prevalent, my dad was a percussionist, drummer, vocalist, and uh, one of the groups, local groups in Angola called Just in the Fantastics. And 
so music was always around me and my siblings. And um, it was just inevitable that, I, you know, I, I did something with, with the, you know, what was going on around me. So I started playing keyboards, uh, started to sing, started to write. And yeah, that was, and that early age was maybe around 11, started to compose uh, songs. Yeah. Awesome. Who were some of your uh, early influences? And tell us locally, regionally, and internationally. Okay, so locally, um, one of the, the musicians that I looked up to and still look up to, um, Daddy Louis. Um, everybody would know him as, as Daddy Louis. He's Louis, Fabian Louis. Um, I always used to hang around not song brass when uh, he used to play and look at him on the keyboards and I always wanted to, to play two or three keyboards at the same time, you know. Um, I would say it would be not so, it would be Daddy Louie. Um, and then internationally, it was, I was 17 plus for me. Um, I loved the way that funk and you know, that band used to sound. The song was just so fresh. And um, of course, awesome jam band so I, I came up on jam band and 17 plus not song brass international um and that was like the beginning for me yeah mm-hmm. so was, was it was the dream always music or was there something else that you wanted to do it was always music my mom would say she said um you need to put down the keyboard and finish school and I was like, you, you, you know, you, I can't, I can't do that, you know. So it was always, I knew, I knew that I wanted to play music for as, as long as I live. I wanted to play music and it was tough um, even to put down school, to put down music for school. But I, I managed to balance the two and, and um, yeah, I was still here doing the music. Love it. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Now, a little secret um, that many don't know. Luckily, I'm old enough to remember. I was about to ask you. <laughs> you were a rapper. What? <laughs> what? Way back when. Way back when. Yeah. See, I guess the writing, the writing was always, um, you know, a part of of uh, creating and you know making music for me. Um, because in school we had many groups and we had groups that were going up against other groups. So you're really forced to to, to be good with the pen, uh, you know, to write. It's, it's a difficult thing because um, just today I was asked a question because, you know, everybody loves the love songs. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves the love songs. So um, everybody would ask if, is it a, a true life experience or a story, um, you know, in terms of the storylines for the love songs. I was like, like I mean, some of them I really enjoyed, you know, the, the aspect or the, the way that, you know, the, the writing went, the direction that the writing went into. Um, but some of it is fiction, you know, and you, you sometimes have to be creative to put yourself in position, in these positions and, and be able to tell a story. Um, so I guess back, way back when, when we started to rap and do different things, we were enjoying telling the story. So yeah, I was a, a rapper for a, a, a short time. <laughs> and, and 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 the group was called the Rebels. Well, yeah. Rebels came right after the rapping. 
second farm. Um, Rebels were, were 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 basically just in the making, and at that time I, I just started to play keyboards, and my keyboard had percussion and accompaniment in it, and we created a song and we put it on the radio, and the Rebels were born, and it was at that moment seventeen plus, wrecking crew, jam band, everything was just about kicking off, and you know so. We just tried to get in the in the in the on the train. It was a, it took a long time because all those guys were professional and while we were just starting out, but you know they persevered and rebels turned into a few other groups. So let me ask you a question. This would have been the late eighties, just about right, early nineties, late eighties. Where, um, yeah, where, where did you guys? Uh, because I'm thinking to myself, mm-hmm. hip hop. BT wasn't uh, around in Anguilla. The internet wasn't a thing. So where did you guys even hear about hip hop, or where did you source the music? Well, we we um you know back in the day everybody used to go to St. Thomas. Ah. I don't know if, if you if you know this, but St. Thomas uh, is I mean apart from being American, they also carry somewhat of American culture and. We all had families in St. Thomas and whatnot. So being around in St. Thomas, we got the cassettes. Back that time, it was a cassette. You know, everybody had to have a... You remember the double cassette player? Mm-hmm. You know, you'd play one and, and record. And record on the other. The other side, yeah. So we, um, I guess we were immersed in that culture for a bit. Um, so two live... Sorry, two live crew. <laughs> two live crew. Uh... Um, cool Modi, you know, LL Cool J, yeah, grew up on all that stuff. I mean, that's and that's like the real foundation, you know. So, um, Bell Biv, the oh, I was a poison, poison Bell Biv the Vol fan for years. I'm, st- I'm still a Bell Biv the Vol fan, and um, you know, we grew up on that stuff, and it just transitioned into you know what we would have called rap at the time. Um, yeah, interesting because, and and we'll talk about this later on, but mm-hmm. you can definitely hear those influences in your brand of soca, right? Right, so right. Right. yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. So, so we go from hip hop, uh, or back then it was called rap, <laughs> into, <laughs> in, 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 into the rebels. Do you remember the first song or the first rhythm that you composed? <laughs> yeah, I remember. Rebel music, rebel music. You remember? You ever, have, you ever heard that? I don't recall. No, no, no. Rebel music, rebel music. Oh yeah, calm down. I remember. I remember it. I mean, maybe not all the words, but yeah, yeah. And who? And who was in that yeah. band? That band was consisted at the time, um, Buki, myself. Dwight Benjamin, we call him Darren. On drums. And, yeah, Darren on drums. And later on, we added Darcy. Remember Darcy Brooks? Yeah, yeah. Darcy. So, um, yeah, we had a we had a nice a nice little run for a couple of years. Um, 
you know, did little moon, moonlight excursions and uh, my mom and dad were lion, lions. I don't know if you remember the lions club. Yes. You know, lions club. So they would have little moonlight excursions and little functions. So we played and we just, you know, grew from there. And you guys had yeah. to be what, 12, 13, 14 at the time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah. You, you, you don't want to see the pictures. I found a couple pictures. I'm going to share a couple with you. Of yeah. course, of, I would love for the audience to see those pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember your first drum machine? Uh, first, well, you know, my, my keyboard had some pretty neat features in it. Um, so you could, you could, you know, play a, a, a array of percussions and you can mute some of them. Yeah, you also you had like four options to to alter the the variation and whatnot. So that was pretty much like a drum machine to me. Um, after that, it was my first machine was a Roland six oh six. Woo! No, we talking and in the day when uh, not on brass and burning flames, jam man had. Roland 707 and 727, I had uh, what you call a Roland 606. And there wasn't much you could really do with a 606. <laughs> but but we we were just imagining, you know, and and using it to uh, the best that we could at the time until, until we did better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, it was wonderful. And 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 so you go from rebels, you emerge into Vito. What was that transition like? What and and why the name change? It was it was a kind of weird story in terms of Vito. I had a cousin in Saber, and the band went to play in Saber, and um, we got to 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 meet a cousin that we never met before, and you know, in a strange place. Not a strange place, but a different country. And um, he, his name was Vito. So we were like, okay, wow, how did you come about that name? Because I know Vito to Vito or Bill, you know. Right. But it was like, uh, I forgot, the meaning was something to do with, like, like, like change and, and, and something, you know. So it was like, okay, you know what? We kind of metamorphosizing from... The rebels into Vito, so it's a change, it's a up. As far as as far as his name, you know, had concerned, we're like we like that. And for some strange reason, it stuck. And it was like nobody really worried about the name being uh, affiliated with metamorphosizing or changing into anything, whatever. I mean, the people, the people just embraced the name, and uh, we never looked back. So. We um, concentrated on a lot of the dance uh, areas in Angola. You know, at that time it was it was Smithies, it was uh, Coconut Paradise, it was the pub in Allen Harbor, and then we moved to Jano's and you know Shulby. Shulby was awesome. Madeiraman was awesome, and. Um, these places we just developed. Uh, you know, we were like a force to reckon with when it when it came to you know the dance music and a dance 
dance band, you know? Right. So um, it was never as hard as, uh, let's say, like, uh, a Muslims or um, a jam band, but it was really, it was really, you know, everybody really appreciated the fact that we played a lot of music, a lot of dance music. But somehow... Uh, many many bands started as dance bands trying to do something different, but somehow the bug for the road gets to them, and they transition into that hardcore small island soca, and that happened to you too. Because that, that was my next question. Like, what, what kept you guys hungry? Because, unfortunately, it seems as if uh, in Anguilla, there's always a two-band system. There's two guys at the top. And though there may be more talented uh, uh, bands beneath, once those at the top have developed their, their fan bases, uh, everybody from corporate Anguilla to the fans at large seem to only really support them. They may give honorable mentions to the bands underneath, but, you know, and, and Vito was in that position at one point. So what kept you going? Um, it's just the fans, you know. I mean, they basically tell you, look, you guys sounded, you imagine you're on the road. You got 10 people behind you. The other bands are swarmed with, with, with fans. And when you when you're through, you can hear, listen, you sounded way better than other groups. You, I mean, that alone tell you, you know, to keep it up. They, your fans encourage you, and um, it's the fans. They, they, if they're happy with whatever your your output is, I mean, you know, you still you you want to go forward. You want to do better. So that's what keep that's what keeps you because you get your name called. You know, oh yeah, I see uh, Muslims and Brothers uh, not sound, and if he's all right behind just. You know, doing the thing, but, but, but you're so you feel good. Yeah, they call your name. You know, and you're young, you're full of fire, you're ready to to and full of energy. When you when you, you know, were younger, like when you were young and coming up, did you? I'm sure you dreamed about it, but but was it surreal when you actually yeah. hit the road for the first time to know that you were competing for Road March and and Bandarama against Not Zone and Mussingtons and the big bands of the day? Listen, we were on the streets. Our instruments were, were basically set up on a truck, not a, not a trailer, 
a truck. <laughs> and <laughs> our, our generator was behind. So we had a drop card from the generator in another vehicle. <laughs> moving with it. This is a passion. You understand? This is a, this is a, we needed to be on the road. So, I mean, just to be there, like you say, is like, it's just an amazing thing. I, I, I still play. I still go on the road because I like to see, and it might sound like it's really simple, but I love to see people singing what you've produced, what you walked on for months. I love to see them smiling and people sing sometimes with their head. I mean, away from you, you can still see from whatever angle that they're singing the lyrics. They're enjoying the song. I still do it for that. Mm. I still do it for that because um, at, at, at the end of the day, you, you, you've, you've done it, you know? You got them to, to enjoy it because you don't... I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if it happens anywhere else in the world, but... In Anguilla, you have to give the people what they want. And if they don't get what they want, they let you know straight up. So let me ask you a question, right? Let me, let me interject then as a question. Mm-hmm. You, get, you have to give the people what they want. Very powerful statement. Does that in some way hinder or hurt you as an artist? Because you may want to try something else, but the people don't want well, that. I agree. I agree. I, I, I totally believe in that because, um, you know, a lot of we want to go a lot of ways. You want to do a lot of things, and it is risky. And I, I say risky because, you know, what time you know what time frame you have to, to to put it together. If you don't have your idea on the ground running from, let's say. December, anyway, you know, November, October, November, December of the end of the, any year of the year, going around into carnival, you don't have, you can't test a brand new idea um, in the studio or in the band house, go and record it and, and release it. You can't, you can't run a test like that at that point in time. It's too late. So you have to know when the people you know, are going to enjoy what you're going to bring from way at the end of the year before carnival. Um, now, during COVID time, um, these times are the times to test. Seeing that we're not having carnival and it's everything is kind of slowed down and dumbed down because of, you know, the regulations and whatnot. This is a time now in which if you are going to release a song where you don't have to go um, and, and perform it. You can release a song with a different swing, a different flavor, you know, and that's something that we're experimenting with right now. But yeah, it is very difficult to to produce something that will sound like it's coming out of Trinidad, uh, it's coming out of the US, uh, uh, United States, if it's a hip-hop, it's difficult to, to take our carnival flavor and vibes and produce something like of those sorts for Angola public at carnival time and yes it does hinder you know your production and your growth sometimes because you know you can't the market that you're gearing towards is 
yes, it's international to some 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 extent, but you have to stay real close to what is happening at home. It's it's a tough a tough thing. Because I, I know I know that um say for example in two thousand nine mm-hmm. your uh BBM at the time, right? Better band movements. Right. right. Uh that album is one of my favorites. And right. And I and, and I usually have uh massive debates. Um shout out to my cousin Lennox. <laughs> we him and I debate about this constantly because I felt that you took a huge risk in the sound. The sonics of that album was like unlike anything that we'd heard in the region, period. Even as far down as Trinidad. And I thought it was a brilliant direction. They had uh you did pop and EDM elements before I would say even mainstream soccer tried it. But again you got such backlash for it. Because of what is he trying? He trying to be American? Yeah, yeah. Girl, I'm a pop star. <laughs> yeah, it just... I mean, like I say, you have to have, you know, huge testicles. I mean, to, to kind of go there, um, it's tough. It's tough. It's, our culture, our people, kind of, you know, varies you in a direction in which, you know, you know the funny thing about it? You know, they'll come and ask you, why you guys are not traveling and going here and going there? <laughs> our music, you know, no, but our, our music is not geared. Sometimes, you know, I don't know. I, I, am, I am a firm believer of of elevating and, and, you know, changing what we normally do. I, I, I push for it. And like, Pop star like the album in two thousand nine is a testament to what I believe in. But you know, you have to kind of dial it back and say, look, yes, you want to do certain things. Yes, um, you know, your your band got your back in terms of go ahead and let's try it. But deep down inside, you know that it's a big risk. You know and you got to please the people. I always believe, too, that if a promoter is going to see you at your best in your country, doing what you do best, you got you to gotta work. You have a job in their club in, in the U.S., in their club in, in England, in London. You have a job because they've seen you control your own people, and they want to see that in their, in their environment, wherever they're from. So you have to be top on your game, home first. Hmm. I, I believe in that because that's where they're seeing you. You know. But sometimes, sometimes you. what the home crowd loves doesn't translate outside. It's such a complicated thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's like this too. It's like um, every year they say, "Listen, get the album out early. Let's go get the album out early." And sometimes when we're doing the album, we scrap songs every minute. We scrap ideas every minute. And at the last, uh, at the last, you know, break, you get such brilliant ideas, and you have such a drive for developing certain ideas. And these things become monsters when we release them. 
and I've seen it work year in and year out. So if you have all the time in the world, you have too much time. <laughs> so you, you never develop what you're really working on properly. But when you have no time and you, you have to, you're forced to make decisions, you're forced to make decisions at that last moment that you have to live with for the rest of your life. Um, and sometimes the beautiful, you know, it's like diamonds are created under immense pressure and that's, that's what happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about the transition now from Vito to Better Band. Um, and you can correct you can correct me if I'm wrong here, mm-hmm. but as the story goes, uh, mm-hmm. Better Band was supposed to be a temporary name because, uh, for lack of a better term, there was a disagreement with uh, one half of the band. So one half of the band left and and they uh, they had the veto name, and so right. the other half, which was you and Bookie Panther, BAC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sonny King, a few others. When right. you guys left, you guys were trying to come up with a name. Right. <laughs> and, and Better Man was supposed to be temporary. Was that was that story true? Well, well it was it was supposed to be a temporary um thought, yes, our name, but that was also a temporary thought too. Because what happened was we were two vetoes at one point in time. 1998. Two, so, dif- two different albums, same same name. <laughs> same name. So, of course, you can tell yourself that we would have said, you know what? There's two veto bands, but we're the better band. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, that's how that came about. We were just the better one. So, the better, we were the better band out of the two. So... <laughs> It, that's that's how it stayed. That's how it stuck. You know. So because I, I remember, I remember hearing that the, at the end of that carnival, you guys were going to do a poll and allow the fans to vote for the new name. name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, better band, better band was so such an innovative and powerful. Uh, I don't know. It was a, a powerful time. It was a real rebellious time. I don't know, it was just awesome. I believe in stars aligning and all the stars aligned at that time for, you know, the the, the coming of, of Better Band, basically. And when, and when Better Band dropped, oh boy, did it drop. You yeah. guys dominated the soca scene uh, for the better half of, well, the better half, about 10 years, like 10, 12 years. And... Easy. And the, the, I said in the beginning that um, you are one of the architects of the sound of Anguilla. And mm-hmm. I would say that along with, um, or many would say, along with mm-hmm. Dexter Mussington, you guys really shape the sound of what an Anguilla soca mm-hmm. song sounds like. The, the funny thing is, too, um, I would like to, to mention uh, Justin. And Justin, of course. Yeah. And you know we we the three of us were in the same farm class. Farm. Mm-hmm. So you had Muslims and Brothers Vito at the time. Vito because um, Dexter died in ninety six. Ninety six, yeah. 
right? So we were still veto at the time. Um, and then you had Justin was between um, Not Sound and Axel. Right. At the time. And there were multi-songs before that. Multi-songs before that. So you had coming out of one farm class, three composers. Three architects. That, <laughs> architects, yeah. Yeah. That, you know, were able to, to hold down the culture for many years to come is amazing. The, it's, it, it's amazing the influence that the three of you have had. In, you know, it, from composition to arrangement to the tones that you all used. Yeah, yeah, and and it, it were three, it was three different songs all together. You know, it was three amazing. It was three different uh, tonalities between each 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 individual um, who were leaders in the groups. Yeah, interesting. So, so um, yeah, we came up. We changed. We changed into into better band, and we rubbed shoulders with you know numerous uh, top bands in the Caribbean. They all know our names, and that to me that was like that's why you do it, you know. So seventeen plus would hear. Oh yeah, better band, and that's a band I look up to for years. I remember um, one time being around the Lions Club. My dad and the Lions they brought Seventeen Plus to the disco. So it was after a Queen show in the village. Um, I went with him to go to Seventeen Plus, and the bouncer at the club said, "How old is he?" And I think it was fourteen at the time. And he said, he can't come in. He can't come in. So my dad took me back home. And I think he went back to the club. And I guess he knew that I, I, I loved music so much. And 17 Plus was my group from, you know, from the beginning. That he wanted me to go in and hear them and see them experience. And I couldn't get in the club. Yeah. And the moral of the story is, I, I played basically with 17 Plus. With Born in Flames, and they all became, we all became very, very good friends. Every every musician in each group, very, very, very good friends. So, and that's the, that's the story. That's the model behind the story is that there's, you have time. You don't have to rush to, to you know, to get involved in, in things without, without growing up. You can take your time and, and get there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Up until this day, we, we remain very, very good friends with Bon Flames, you know, Onion and Unku and everybody. Funk, Credo, yeah. Awesome, awesome stuff. Now, I want you to, to touch a little bit. I know we, we, we did a, a previously, but tell us about well, two things. Number one, did you know how much of an impact you were having on the sound of Anguilla during the Better Band days? And num- uh, well, not just Anguilla, the sub-region. Um, right. And number two, man, what did that feel? You guys were rock stars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just amazing. If you say, Better Man is going to play tonight, it's the same. You, you, you go through the same feeling every time. It's just like, 
straight up. So we still we still carry that 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 on our shoulders. To be honest with you, during the making of it, we knew that you know they, they used to call us reckless, and you know if fights would broke out and the whole name. My 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 ideology about that all the time was if you don't have a fight, nothing is happening. <laughs> you know? Sorry, I don't know. I don't know if you can smell a bit of bad spirit coming out, but yeah. <laughs> if, you if, you, if you don't have a fight, nothing is happening. That means you're not happening. So, yeah. Um, it was just something that was happening while we were, we were on the train, you know? Um, I think big, a big part of that was taking our song to Trinidad when we went to record in Trinidad in 98, 99. Um, With en- was the beginning. The engineer was Neil. Neil Bernard. Bernard, Neil yeah. Bernard at the time, yeah. Um, we recorded our first uh, international, uh, you know, album basically at uh, Agua Nine Studios in St. James. I remember it was what a beautiful, beautiful experience. Um, so our it was a funny thing. Our tones. Trinidad had never heard that before. I mean, they really pay attention to it. Where our instruments were being melodic, the beats, the rhythms, a lot of melody in the rhythms and stuff like that. And when I remember when we did our first uh, party mix, and he spoke to one of his friends in the music business in Trinidad, he was like, listen, this group... They have things going. It's like 10, 12 different things popping up. And it's like crazy, but it's, it's, it's different. It's a, I don't know what it says. This is weird, you know? So it was his first time handling it. And I think that's what created the sound. So it was like Trinidad meets Angola jam, um, you know, rough up the session style music. And it was interpreted. It was interpreted. He interpreted in his way, and we gave him the instruments and the the ingredients to to do so. And that's where I believe all the stars aligned. Our song was different. Our vibe was, you know, was just different. Most definitely, it's yeah. it's, it's amazing when cultures cross. Right, right. So you get the old cross. Yeah. 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 So um, we worked with Niels for quite a bit of years, up until 2000. Um, but I, I've worked with Niels since that um, on Enjoy Yourself with Exodus. Um, but we've worked and um, hands up, turn around. That's Neil again in the mix. Okay. Yeah. So um, we worked with Neil up until 2004. Better band, and 2005 was my first um, mix. My first, the first time I ever mixed the band was 2005. A lot of pressure. Listen, I, I almost didn't make it. I'm <laughs> telling you, Neil said, "Terry, you built your studio, you recorded at home. Go ahead and do it." I was like, "Do what? Are you out your mind? You know?" Um, and to date, I enjoy that mix. To me, that was the best that, I mean, you know, that I've, I've, 
I've, it was just, a, I guess it was, it was special. So, you know, it was a, a special time for me. And, um, yeah. And 05, and, uh, 05 would be Imagine and uh, Celebrate and songs like that. The wetter the better. The better. Yeah. <laughs> Huge yeah. songs. Monsters. Monsters. No. And oh go ahead. No, I was just gonna tell you one of my favorites though is is Heavy Puri. Mine too. <laughs> favorite, favorite. Um in terms of song, I love Walk Fast. Ooh, oh four. And and turn it up. That's 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 that's, that's it right there. Two thousand and two, turn it up. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you saw ahead of me because that was one of my last questions coming up. <laughs> no problem, no problem. Um, one of my favorites is Naked. You serious? One the melody, the drive, the the, 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 the sort of. Sing, the sing songy chorus is very catchy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Da, na, 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 na. yeah, yeah. And I, I've, yeah. I've often said you could replace those words with anything, it'll still be a catchy song. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's bookie. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. But turn it up. I can recall back in the day when Better Band used to play. No, it has a for people my age. It has a, a, a there's a special place in our heart for Better Band because at that time there was like a a whole drove and abundance of people from Anguilla that decided to right. go to college in the United States. Right. I mean, it was like hundreds of us out there, right, for such a small island. Right. And our link to home was Better Band. Yeah. Like we would we yeah. would get packages in the mail with the lives. You know, and and you yeah. you look forward to going home. Before YouTube, this is before YouTube. So Way before YouTube. Yeah. You know, before SoundCloud. I mean, it was it was just as Napster was starting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Downloaded, yeah. Right, downloading the whole idea of streaming a song off of the internet. That is such a new thing. Right. And and Better Band was really. That thing that we held on to. And so Better Band defined our youth. And we would right. love coming home in the summertime to hear what was next. And if you were at that, you guys would never say when you were going to sort of release or right. uh, give, uh, give a hint as to, as to what uh, the new... Because again in Anguilla, uh, the songs are so coveted. It's like a, you, they're kept in a vault until the band is ready to release. And I remember being at Rafi's one night in particular, and you guys said, we're going to give you guys a little bit of what's to come next week when we release. And Panther sang the first verse and chorus of Turn It Up. And the crowd went bananas. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. And, and, and it's really, you know, a song is a masterpiece when the first time it's sung, and people give you that reaction. Yeah, that has to be satisfying. I'm telling, that's that's what I remember. I told you in the beginning where 
you're bringing at a particular time. And that that is the time. You, you know, you do it you do it before, you do it a couple of months before, because we've been running the rhythm like in ground zero and stuff from, you know, way back and whatnot. And everybody was accustomed to the song, but we never we never sung anything on it. You know, you just rhythm or whatever the case may be and, and you know okay the rhythm got them that you know it's already popular so when you and that's that's a lot of pressure too not to dumb down um a, a nice hype rhythm you know you have to bring it um you know with, with all the all the bells and whistles like they accustomed to you know over hearing it so when panther would would run and he can he's one man that can deliver the idea you know, when you give it to him, you put it in his hand, he can deliver it. He, he, he turns it into another monster. So, you know, it was only fitting to release it a couple of weeks or a week before um, releasing. And, yeah, people just went crazy. Another one I can tell you about like that was uh, Misbehave. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. 2000. Yeah. I, that, I saw that, that reaction, too. First female road march on Anguilla. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Haji, after uh, you're in Better Band, and right. around you guys are on top of the world, you're getting a formidable challenge from Panther Vibes International. Of course, Panther had parted ways with you guys in 05 and had gone to right. St. Thomas, came back home, formed uh, Panther Vibes with um, uh, Daddy Jones. Daddy Jones, uh definitely uh one of your toughest opponents and right. yeah. and um but I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys have respect mutual respect for one another oh yeah for sure for sure and um sure. you then i have a a let's just frame it a call it a misunderstanding after mm. a tour in the UK with some of the members right. of the band and the band parts Seemingly, you guys are still at the top of the mountain, and you guys decided to break up, and you broke everybody's heart. What happened? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I think what happened was everybody um, was under immense pressure to deliver, um, you know, and you know, like you say, you're at the top, and you don't have. It's not the same. Yelling as 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 before, Panthers out. I think uh, BC was out at the time. Um, you know, so we were trying to find ourselves, um, and in the in the process of trying to find, you, you have to go out and really, you know, assess yourself and and see if this makes sense, if this direction makes sense. So I think I think what happens is that everybody just kind of wanted to part ways and develop. An individual, you know, um, power, and and find find themselves and know where they should be and try to be somewhere else. So, you know, for lack of a, a, a better word, I, I just believe everybody wanted to go out and find the individual being. And yes, we had some. Um, you remember Wi-Fi me though. Yes, uh, 2010. 10, yeah. That was 
we were we were just coming off of that. And um I mean I we we still get along. Like, you can see better band, we get back together, get Mookie and Dwight. You know, we get along, we I guess it was a it's a, it's a it was a growing situation. You know, everybody wanted to grow in different directions for some time. Siblings and, having a spat. Yeah, well yes. More a splat. But uh <laughs> Uh, Better Band breaks up. Uh, of course, you had actually you had rebranded to Better Band Movements in '09, right? And um, by 2000, at the end of two, the end of the Carnival 2010, you guys had broken up, and everybody right. said, um, "Oh, this is it for Haji. He's done with. Uh, he right. can't bounce back." And lo and behold, by the spring of 2011, we hear about something called ABC. Daddy Haji and another bad creation. Now, while a lot of people uh, didn't seem to believe that you can you could pull it off again, you know, pull the rabbit out of the hat again. Not only did you pull the rabbit out, but you did something that was unprecedented at the time. You released an album live, <laughs> right? And to this day, in my opinion, my humble opinion, it is one of your best. Pieces of work. That ABC album of 2011 is a classic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How low? I, I don't know. It was like I say. You know, diamonds are created under pressure, and that was a lot, a lot of pressure. We had um, brand new musicians. When I say brand new, it was you know Kylan on bass. We had Roxy. You know, we had a friend of mine from from Virgin Island. He came up to. To, to work with us, Beach. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Le had, Lex. Uh, Lex. You know, it was just an awesome force. We had uh, Garvey was in there for some time, so it was a uh, it was a it was a new it was a new vibe that we was we were, we were trying to, to to develop. And uh, and again and, and and again to your to speak to your genius, it <clears throat> sounded great, but it didn't sound like better band. For the world? No, is is the French one? The French one? Can't believe it on you, baby. You remember that? Yeah, I do. Oh, if I if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, I have video of her recording that song in your studio. Oh, you do? I think I do. You know my email address? <laughs> I look for it. <laughs> to bring it to the people 
how we wanted it to, to sound and feel, you know? Um, again, yes, you want to be at the top. You produce the music to be at the top. But not being at the top at the time, you were able to do what you want with the, with the songs, with the music. And that, that's a lot of fun. Trust me, that's a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. So it gave you sort of a creative break to reinvent yet again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because by 2013, you are now asked, or I'm sorry, the end of 2012, you are now asked to join who was fast becoming the dominant band on the island, uh, Exodus. And, and they changed your name to Exodus. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you're being asked to join Exodus HD. What, yeah. what made you, uh, as somebody who had led your own bands, Vito, Better Band, uh, Hajin ABC, you know, even as far back as the Rebels, you were always right. the leader. What right. made you join someone else's brand that was already in existence? You know, a friend of mine told me, he said, look, you can join because, you know, it's like politics when it comes to this band stuff. <laughs> oh, it is politics. <laughs> it's dead serious so um, he said look you get the opportunity to not have to worry about all the things that you've worried about all your life playing music and being you know in, in, in the forefront of these bands you get a chance to relax you know and to be honest with you it was the best decision I've ever made um, individually, because here it is, I can go here and have a singer that's capable of handling his, holding his ground, you know? Brilliant, a, brilliant uh, writer. Yeah, have a bass player that's, well, he, he, he's young, he's younger than I am, but he is well rooted in the foundation. So when you, when you say 17 plus, he's there. When you say small acts, he's there. When you say anything from way back when, he's there. And if you want to go into the future with whatever, he is there as well. So I have opportunity where I can relax. I don't have to set up the band, get the speakers there, get the amps. You know, it, it was it was it was fun. Though it was fun doing all that stuff. Here it is. Now we just can focus on the main thing. Right. Music. The music. So, yeah. And focusing, focusing on it for a couple of years. And from that first year, did you feel that, that competitive spirit as if you were an underdog? Because yeah, I know you had a lot to prove. Uh, you know what? I knew with the material, I knew it was going to be something to, I mean... Them don't want me starting up. He never ripped them apart, you know. I know, I knew what we were going up against. I know, you know, I knew how we had to sound to be able to, to capture it. Um, and basically, all the elements were there to go forward with it. And that's what we did. Awesome. And, yeah. and <laughs> understatement, that's what we did. You guys ended up yeah. winning Road March 2013, 14, 15, 
16. Mm-hmm. And um, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. You were blocked by infusion in seventeen. Right. Took right, it. Took right, it back right. for eighteen and nineteen. Yeah. Um, held it ever since. Held it ever since. Held it ever since because twenty, 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 twenty-one. You have nothing going on, and you guys still bottled a hit single last year. Right. Right. Fire blaze. Fire. Well, uh, uh, and uh, fire test them out. Oh, that, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Last year, families was here before. Yes, yes, right. yes. Yeah, right. You know, it's, it's COVID time, so it's like everything is mushed, mushed into one. <laughs> <laughs> Last year, still twenty nineteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not two years old, though. All right. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, and you guys are, are still are still pushing. So. I mean, right. this is this is what uh, thirty years in the business for you at this point. Yeah, yeah, and still defining and redefining. Yeah, still recreating yourself. I mean, you have to, you have to reinvent yourself. You know, I I have uh, taken that um, that leaf out of Uncle's book. He's saw Uncle. He's Uncle. He's a magician. He's you know, and. I, I I just I just love the way that they look at it. You know, I live by that that you have to reinvent yourself, and then even in, even in life, you know, yeah, you have to. You just can't sit there and continue doing the same old you. People get tired of it. Um, I'll get used to it, whichever way you want to call it. So I I believe in giving you fish fried, fish stewed, fish shellfish, whatever however you want to call it, fish soup. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so roast fish. So um, yeah, that's 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 the spice of of music. That's the spice of our culture. And and you know, even Marshall Montano, Monk Montaigne, he was Exodus. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, uh, 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 HD, and he was ecstatic uh, circus at one point. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's that's one of my favorite albums. Yeah, big albums, big albums. So, I mean, it, it, you can see that that's that's what you do in the business. You you reinvent yourself, and you you know you merge every time. Couple of lighter questions here. Do you prefer performing or composing? Composing. Hmm. Composing. I um am a firm believer of taking little or nothing and making a monster out of it. I say monster because. I think monster is the word that defines, you know, you can't believe the song, you can't believe they said that, you can't believe the impact that it has on the people, on the radio, on the fans. So I call it monster. I've had a lot of bands with monsters, trust me. And um, love them. You you know, one of of the most... uh, uh, monstrous song I ever heard. Well, you know, in this business. Tell me. I'm gonna hum it. You tell me what the song is. That's a PVI song. Oh, monster. 
Tell them bands that they're wasting time. Because it's PVI. I like in smart it's not cut you off. I like in Anguilla's a lot of Anguilla's songs to big rock monsters as you would say. Because as as you as you speak about Jones's uh compositions, I can pinpoint one of yours. Follow me. The arrangement. Yeah, yeah. And scatter. Yeah. For me, scatter. Oh. Yeah. I also yeah. love um how do you don't press that button? <laughs> what a year. I mean the the you know what? So as somebody who obviously uh writes and executive produces EDM and dance music, it mm-hmm. it, it reminded me of that. The build up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like um you know we just going through the songs and the tracks of the years. Jump out of my bed, melody in my head. Uh-huh. Awesome. Awesome. That was that was that was one awesome track, you know, where Poof was, I don't know, just a different, a different beast. Um, again, most of the stuff is dreamt. Uh, it is not, you know, like you sit and you think about it and you write. It's dreamt. You, I believe, just like it says, jump out of bed, melody in my head. That's where it comes from. Wow. You know, wow. you like. You're lying down, and it's like, okay, oh wow, this is some weird stuff at four o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. This is this is wicked, and I do get up and and go and play, and record it to whatever phone, whatever medium, however I can, and you know, we work on it in, in a couple of hours after that, and that's it. I know at one point in your younger days, I don't know if it's still so. Your studio was next to your bedroom. Still is. So was that 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 was purposefully done? <laughs> I I like to walk. If I do get fatigue, I, I put my head down in my bedroom for a bit. I go back out to the studio and work. And I come back in. I do that again. <laughs> no, it's 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 just how how I feel and how I walk. Um, it's on the fly. Don't care what time it is. Something in the, in the head. I like to I like to put it down. Sometimes it becomes it becomes something, and sometimes it don't. But um, yeah, everything nothing goes to waste. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, so let me squeeze in a question here. Melodies. Sure. Where do these melodies? You seem to have a knack for just the most catchy melodies. They've, they've been dreamt. It's, it's amazing. Oh Lord, I'm ready i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna say this because i've been accused of the same 
I hear a lot of influence from the Anglican church hymns in there, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, did I mention my mom was singing the choir? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I like I like orchestra. Um, I kind of it's it's. I work when I'm at work. I listen to Mozart and all that stuff. And you know, just just yesterday, one guy came in and was like, "Who's playing that? What, what what's going on in here?" So I, you can tell that you know you want to. It's about upliftment. It's about you know, raising, so orchestra, you know, you get, you get that crescendo and, you, you know, you get those different emotions and stuff. And so, so you are, so you are a fan of classical music. Well, big fan, big fan. I like the, the cartoon stuff. You know, when you watch Tom and Jerry, there's no speaking, it's just the music running. running. Right. The, 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 so, the, 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 the composers do a lot of the work to draw the emotion uh, you know, right. the sense of hearing. Right, right. So that's what I listen to. And I'm a big fan of hip-hop, R&B, you know, as well. Love it. Uh, I'm about to say, of the of the new hip-hop guys, who are you listening to? Pooh Shiesty. Pooh yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I listen to all that stuff. Love it. Love it. Everybody. BB. I mean, you know, you name it. So, really to it. <laughs> so, so you're not one of these OGs that does not want to listen to the young guys. No, but that's why. That's why I I always metamorphosize. Yeah, because I'm listening to all that stuff, and I'm not only just listening. I'm a I'm a fan. I'm a fan of of these guys, big time, and and the people that that do their work in terms of producers. I actually follow some of the producers. That produced a lot of this stuff. Everybody from who produces Drake, Fati, um, everybody, everybody. A lot of producers. I, I, I kind of follow. You know, you can you can subscribe to the pages and stuff. Now, so yeah. Any any of the young uh, guys or bands in Soka that 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 you're that you're liking? Locally. Oh, locally could be regionally, both. Okay. Um, I like. As a young band, um, I love Kiss. Love Kiss. Um, I see him as like the Michael Jackson or Soka kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He's really poppy and soulful at the same time. Locally, I like Daddy E. Agreed. Daddy E. Yeah, Daddy E's awesome. I mean, I, I like I like uh, Vicklef. Yeah, Viggy. Yeah, so a lot of the guys, the younger guys coming up and stuff. Uh, awesome Bugsy Bugs he's, he's quite a, a rapper he's a real good rapper he's a real good writer you know so yeah in the, in, in the region got quite a bit of, of people that I really really enjoy listening to Kelly Jr. from St. Thomas yeah 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 which is which is your favorite day Juve or Parade Juve of course <laughs> Juve of course but hey what Here's a twist. When you see Parade Day reach the final turn at, at the church, the Tomlin Tree, actually, it starts from in front of uh, Flo's office. Uh-huh. That is last night. Yes. And I want to officially call that last lap. There's nothing else you can call it. 
everybody is exhausted from Perrier. Everybody is, of course, intoxicated. And we're going around the bend to the final come down to the village. It is last lap. And that's my favorite part of Perrier. But Juve, just the waking up early, the preparation from the day before, the waking up early in the morning, get our tea, get your bush tea. I don't even, we don't even, I don't even eat. So it's so good. I eat it. I get that bush tea. And we're up the road. Up the road. Have you ever played drunk? Uh, uh, don't drink. Oh, well that. People, that. people look at you like, when you say that, you're like, what? You serious? Is, is, is music, I'm on, I'm on music. The high, the high comes from the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time, all the time. And it's a different yeah. type of high. Yeah, it is. It is, because, like I tell you before, when you, when you, when you look, you're up on the stage, on the truck, and you go, whatever the hot song may be, um, and you're playing it, and you're looking at the crowd, and it's singing, and they're dancing, and it's like, we did it, and as far as we got them to to enjoy something, you know, that we put together, we slaved over, and that's the biggest payment. That's the biggest payment right there. You the best. Watch the. You the best. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the hip hop, the hip hop is, is prevalent in there. Too. Of yeah. course, of you course. You the best. Yeah, awesome. Do you do you do you think that you still get a rush? From from the competition aspect, not necessarily the. Oh yeah, oh yeah, one hundred. We we were just speaking about it last night in terms of when that pressure is on to to deliver whether like band clash. Right. You know. Let me tell you the the is game face is 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 mental game mentality game mentality game on you know so yeah I mean. It's do it. It's like it's like Marvel come back. <laughs> it, and let me tell you something. I I was describing this to someone earlier today. Actually, the mm-hmm. band rivalry scene in Anguilla. The only thing I can liken it to is the mm-hmm. way most Americans view the NFL. Mm-hmm. It is like the fans and the teams are one unit, and the lines are drawn. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, yeah. My favorite band rivalry story, as uh, the persons listening here from Anguilla would know, I was one of the manager managers. I was part of management team for Infusion, uh, which right. is a band for a couple of years. Right. And there was a uh, gentleman who was a part of uh, DMB, which was another band, uh, Ozzy, right. God rest his soul, Ball of Energy, he was. And one night, uh, it was a band clash night. We were scheduled to perform earlier on, and DMB was supposed to, you know, they were coming in later. And I, we were both backstage. I was going into backstage, actually, and he was coming from backstage. And as per usual, I extended my arm, my hand to, as we, in America, they call it dap. In Angola, we say daps. I extended my arm, my hand to daps him. As usual, we're cool. And he looked at me up. He looked me up and down. He said, hey, not tonight, you know. Tomorrow for that. We said, we friends tomorrow, not tonight. <laughs> so, 
You can bet your bottom dollar. He said, "You hold that. You hold that dumps until tomorrow." <laughs> so just to, just to, just so people can understand the level of competition. And it's amazing because after carnival we go back to we go back to being friends. son genre of music that you'd like to experiment with heavily? Uh, I've done the Copa thing. I love it. The Copa thing was um, I Got You and stuff like that, you know? One of my favorites, I Wish. Yeah, I Wish. I Wish. It's very, a very short song. Like, it was one of the shortest songs I ever did. Two minutes or something. Two minutes and a couple of seconds. So, yeah, Copa, the Soka, you know, to do the jam thing, the rhythm thing. I don't want to, I, I want to try the African flow. It's, the African flow is, is is not only the music and the way it's designed, but it's also the way you sing it. Right, the Afro, the whole Afro beats thing. So, yeah, so it's, it's very, it's very uh, a ticklish one to take on if you don't get the, 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 sway, the swing proper. But you know what I want to do? I want to do Angola thing. Mm. It's, it's just just what we talk, just what we what we do. I mean, maybe it's it's somewhat there in in what we do already. But I want to let the world know this is how we speak. This is how we say sing. This is what we say and how we say it. Because if you look around you, everybody's doing their culture. Everybody's doing their own thing and and promoting it. Africa is, is is on the Afrobeat vibe. Why shouldn't we be on our whatever Ang- our, our Angola you know, beat vibe? Yeah, yeah. You rock city, rock city. They don't, they don't change it. They don't care if they live in Atlanta or wherever they live in. They don't change the rock city, the man. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know. So why why should we try to sound like anything else or even you know imitate anybody else when we should just do? That's Angola, my son. Understood. Yeah, no. so that's what I want to do next. I want I want them to know that that's what we speak, and that's what we sing, and that's what we sound, and this is us. Strip right down, you know? For good or for bad, a big part, as we mentioned, was the rivalry. Now, do you think eventually the rivalry hurt or helped the Angolian scene? Once again, um, like I said before, if 
a promoter wants to see anything. For instance, if he comes to Band Clash, he say he does uh, whatever big function in Miami for in October, right? Is uh, it October? November? October. October. And he is in Angola scouting or just chilling on vacation, whatever the case to be, in August. And he goes to Band Clash. And he sees... Tell them man, they're wasting time. And the reaction from the crowd and the fans and the fans and the thing. Don't you think that that's a positive impact on him? Right. You know? So I think the competition, it brings out the best in everybody. And it's like, may the best man win. May the best act win. Best show win. That's that's how I look at it. So I think Panther just got two or three, four jobs in the US at that point in time because of his his rendition, his because of his uh showmanship. So I think it, it could, the competition could only help because if you don't have competition then you then know you become lazy. Yeah, yeah, complacent. So very good I think, point. Yeah. I think the competition always will bring out the, the best in in everybody. Do you think the band scene in Anguilla in particular is dying because, you know, in, in Trinidad and Barbados and these places, it's all about the individual artists nowadays. So do you think Anguilla will maintain that, that culture of bands or will the uh, entire artist movement eventually reach Anguilla? Well, in, in a sense, we have to embrace the artist movement because, um, for instance, if, if, if I'm in a band, and we have 15, 20 artists around in Angola that have top, top, top potential. We can back them in a, in a show internationally or regionally or whatever. Um, you know, so, and it, it will only help, it will only help build what we're trying to accomplish where we need people out there to know that Angola got that talent as well. And, coming together to even assist in the production of whatever it is that the artists want to put out there um, can help, can only help it. And so I, I believe that's why if you really check the name Latest and Excess HD, it's because we want to promote our front people. Mm. You know, it is difficult to travel and go places with a six, seven piece band and really, you know, every time, whereas an individual can make it out there. It's, it's like I said, the big picture is Angola. It's not just you, the group, or, or whatever. The big picture is Angola. So we have to, if we can't do it with seven strong, eight strong in the group, if we can get one crack out there, you know, why not? Interesting. So I support the individual aspect of things because I can, I can write for the individual. I can produce for the individual. And he can go out there with his with his stems and go to another group, be the group in in the in US, and they back him. And you know, it's still coming back to to the one main thing, Angola. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know that you mentioned that you jump out of bed and these songs are are with you yeah. in your head. But other than that, yeah. what what else inspires you? I mean, is it other other music? Is it art? Is it writing? Is it books? I do a lot. Dissecting all genres, the writing, the, the the angles in which in which the stories come, 
I don't sometimes you could be in a distance and you can say something and what I what I have heard for instance if I'm hearing listening to you and I hear something totally different that alone becomes something that I can run with it sounded like it said this to me but is you said something else so it's a, a kind of I don't, it's very difficult to describe for instance if I hear beat and it's saying something different to me I'm hearing it differently and I can develop that into something else so that's something I mean it's, it's also a little, a little looey-tooey but you know <laughs> that's how that <laughs> you're, you're actually getting a, a in-depth you know it's just listen everything in the air to me sounds like something like I tell you nothing goes to waste Everything sounds like something, and everything can be something, you know. So what inspires me is everything around me, and, mm. and everybody, and everybody around me. Just mm-hmm. the other day, I was going, to, I was going to walk. I wonder if I should give you this. This, this, this one maybe something else coming. <laughs> we, I was on my way to walk, walking down on the on the, on the, the to the to the job, and one guy we we hello. Me and another guy, we held up our heads. We saw some caution tape. We were doing some construction. And I'm like, wow, is is there a body around there? Or, you know, we're just making fun. And just looking at the caution tape, something came to mind. I mentioned it to him. And he went bananas. He went crazy. He couldn't believe it. Just from looking at the car, it, speak, it spoke to me in a different, a different vibe. And when I mentioned it to him, it's like, I mean, ever since, whenever he sees me on the job, it's like, yo, don't forget. You gotta, <laughs> and I, I actually recorded it to my phone one time. So I'm inspired by life alone, you know, things so, around me alone. Are we looking for, looking out for a new caution single? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it might not be, because no, I'll be honest with you, we have about two or three singles that we're going to, we're going to, hopefully drop in the near future. Um, I can't tell exactly what they are right now, but um, Exodus will be in the studio working. Yes, we can get together now again um, before, you know, you had to social distance and, and whatever. But um, you're going to be looking out for at least three songs over the next couple of months from Exodus. Awesome, yeah. awesome, awesome stuff. How you well tell us one of your most memorable shows, one of the most memorable shows you performed, whether here or overseas. Uh Saint Martin, Jamban, and Bethaban at oh what the police name I forgot it. It got it got a fire a couple of years ago. Um the name is right on the tip of my tongue. We had at that point in time, we were rubbing the rubbing shoulders with Friday the real way, as we say back home, the real way. When we sang, it's plain to see, and Friday came back with a rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> I remember hearing about this. Listen, the crowd was going crazy. I think that's, at that point in time, Friday respected the group because we weren't afraid. You know, we were scared of, of Big Bad Jam Band. Everybody pulled up next to Jam Band and did their thing. We, we did the same, you know. 
Because uh, at that time, St. Martin is considered, you know, home territory. Angola, St. Martin is basically right. one unit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, everybody was just going crazy. That was one serious gig. And the band was really tight at, at the time, you know. It was, it was, it was just awesome. And everybody from Angola was over there. Everybody was present. But, of course, I had some very good times other than that night, but... Then that show, but I just remember, you know, in Jaman face, tell him it's plain to see who's your daddy. Ooh. You know? <laughs> so Panther was telling Panther was telling him that I'll be your daddy too. So when he came back he, he said, It's plain to see I'm not your daddy, you know. <laughs> and everybody went crazy. It was just just fun. It was uh, awesome. Awesome, awesome. What is your favorite song that you've written or composed or produced? I have a, I have a lot of favorites. Um, you give me a few. You, you mean the world to me. Mm. Love you forever is, um, you know, like one of the, one of the best love songs out there. Band still playing in Tatola. They still play "Love You Forever." I'm gonna love you forever. <laughs> there's, there's, there's so many that I like. And it's, it's a strange thing, you know, I don't listen to them. Uh, I prefer to hear you playing it. So if you pull up in your car and you're playing it, I'll enjoy it so much. Just to hear it played back to me, not, I, I don't take it up and play it every time. Right. You know, no no, 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 no single, no song, no album. I don't take it up and just, oh, what are you listening to? I'm listening to myself. No, no. I like to hear it playing on the radio. I like to hear it playing in your car. And I enjoy it just like that. Just as you're enjoying it, I'm enjoying it at the same way, at the same time. Gosh, this is so much. Jane House Rock, Hip Hip Hooray, Soggy, uh, Who Feeling Soggy, and The Version, I love The Version. Monsters. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I like all that stuff. Um, punching, Hip Hop, uh, uh, Turn It Up, Melassia Blast. Yeah, just, just good times, good stuff, good songs. Clear up, clear up something for me. When you're at the top of the mountain, people mm-hmm. have to. It's like a, it's like a rite of passage. Uh, people have to try to discredit you. One of the rumors on you is that Haji buys his beats. Clear that up for us, please. Okay, so 1999, 1998, we were touring a lot in the in the VA in the British Virgin Islands. I met a lot of friends, meet a lot of friends who do the same thing I do, Milo, and name, you know, to name one. The, the infamous Milo. Yeah, and we, we, we were cool up to today, you know, and Milo needed some assistance with, uh, like, kind of saving some beats. He had a lot of beats, and he didn't have any way to save them. So I had a machine with me that had the capability so we started saving stuff he said okay you can have you can have this you can have that you know make these copies for me da, 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 da. so it's like okay cool i mean we, we get along good so he gave me some stuff and they were just they were just beats they were just beats he had nothing written to them no songs were done to them so when i came back to angola we of course, we implemented some of the beats into our, our, our portfolio, and eventually, some we, we, we made chance for them, 
Some became very popular. We made songs from them. The songs are still popular. And Ooh. and that's where we go. I mean... One example would be was, what? Um, Soggy. Okay. Um, Turn It Up. Yeah. Uh, well, a few others. But, like I say, I mean, we had stuff in the, in the, in the party mix as well. well. Some of the party mixes. Well, two, two things um, I try to explain to people. Number one, just because you have a beat, a beat is a beat, but... It took somebody to arrange it, to to to, to, to write to it, and to add melodies and harmonies to it, and instruments. In addition, producers collaborate all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I, Angola, I know for a fact, Angola puts you under that pressure in a heartbeat. It has to be you and you alone. Like I said, so, when you're at the top. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, these things had never bothered me. It, it it doesn't bother me to say, "Hey, Crispy wrote that one." Right. You know, it does. It doesn't take anything from me. Um, I'm I'm glad you wrote it. I'm glad to have been a part of it if I was a part of it. And I mean, it, I I don't know why people actually hold on to that stuff and and want to you know create negativity but it, it, it takes nothing from if you know you know that you can write you know what you can do you know what you're capable of what an next man can do you embrace it and, and you know you, you go forward with that but it doesn't it doesn't bother me at all to know that that somebody helped me and you know what it doesn't bother me to know that that guy can play way better than I can mm-hmm. I mentioned that you know it doesn't it doesn't bother me at all in fact you know what when you get a chance, can you come over here and show me some stuff? You know, help me out. Right. So, right. you know, I, I think that's the approach and that's the mentality that we need to spread um, through and around our musicians locally. Um, it's, it's cool. It's, it is cool. Totally. If you produce a good one this year and it skyrocketed and it, it was number one, it was a banger, and it beat everybody in, in all aspects of, of the game. Did not know. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. He recorded when last year blast raised the roof. Yeah, everything couple set. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's that's, that's nothing. Stick, sticking on Jones, you mentioned earlier one of his songs, um, "Tell Them Bands That You Love." Yeah. Are there any yeah. other songs from other producers or other bands oh, oh. that are your favorites? Everything boots. Um, anything Kelly. Okay. Give us an um, example. Love you, love you, love you, love you. Please don't ask me Classic. Love you, love you. That's Kelly. That's, I mean, hey. And a lot of people don't know that he plays bass and trombone. 
as well. So a lot of the Han sections from like 1990, 91 and stuff. I think it was 1990. Not too sure 91, but yeah. I mean, a lot of that stuff is Kelly's very, very instrumental in the arrangement alongside Boots. Right. Um, my good old friend and you know my buddy, so rest in peace. Uh, for Wrecking Crew Bolo. Mm-hmm. Wrecking Crew was one of my favorite bands as well. Um, just how the name song they walk. Wrecking Crew, they didn't care. I, I love that. That that was injected into Better Band in the in the prime days as well. Um, you know, Panther Panther's the kind of guy that he. He, he performs and he goes into a trance and things get said and things get done, you know? <laughs> and I, am, I I believe in that. I believe in, hey, this is life. You paid your money at the door to come and see and feel and hear and touch the real and no fake. Right, know? right, right. And, and I believe in, a lot of people used to say, even, even mom, mom kind of tells me, she say, lose your mouth, you know? But, <laughs> um, yeah, but, is, is what the people want to hear and feel. So I believe in giving it to them. So, you know, I mean, when it comes to arranging and stuff, Jones, Jones has some stuff way back in the day. I mean, before Jungle. I don't know if you know any, any of the albums before Jungle. Was Motion before Jungle? Motion was a single, and it was also on, I think, is Motion on the album with Jungle? Oh, it may be, actually. Maybe, but it was before all of that. When they had, I don't know if you ever heard it, Marilyn. I remember Marilyn from from uh, Jambat, but not Jambat. not, not Vio. This is how see this is how serious it was. Um, there's an album with Marilyn on it. They got a couple other songs on it. Whoa! Uh huh. Yeah. Those are the years I adore when it comes to Vio and Joe's productions. You know? Um, like I mentioned before, tell them bands and stuff, all that is, is awesome stuff. So those are the Rangers that really, 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 you know, um and I love I love Sparrow. I love Sparrow. Sparrow's band, the musicianship, the arrangement. <laughs> so all that stuff is just so inspiring, to be honest with you. That's what I listen to. That's what I love. And I'm on some barren stuff right, right, right now. Mm. Yeah, I'm on some barren stuff right now. So, Haji, if you were to create an all-star album produced by you, who are some of the artists you'd want on that album? Big question. Big <laughs> question. Um, definitely all the, hot, all the hot guys. And then, you know, we have some some... You know, not really so mainstream. Uh, very, a lot of there's a lot of talent um, locally that that won't really shine. You know, because I don't know. I mean, I guess they, they haven't had the opportunity to. But I would like to to walk with. I mean, as I mentioned before, Biggie, um, Daddy, uh, people like Teeks. You know, I like to walk with with those guys. Yeah, basically anybody, anybody, anybody that, that wants to actually do something and, you know, we, we get together and put our heads together and, and, and get some, you never know what will come out of it, you know? 
big shoes. I can see big. I can see you doing like a sort of a DJ Khaled type thing. Yeah, why not? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm still <laughs> under the impression that if we would get into the US market and step into the room with whoever and somebody would introduce like for instance they say, ladies and gentlemen, this is this is Crispin. And then Crispin does what he does. Everybody was like, what was that? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I believe that they can watch, they can look at us and hear our talent and see us put it together and say, you guys must be out of your minds for how we create. I know, I know that if I would get an opportunity to sit down and, you know, have an intimate um, interaction with us while we walk in, they won't believe what really goes on behind the scenes. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that's that's another thing too that you know we we can work on. I definitely, yeah, I definitely tried to to start that uh, about ten years ago when I started the Angola Carnival Channel to show people the level of work because I sometimes I I, I don't think that people quite understand uh, that they don't I don't I don't think they quite understand uh, the level of work and the talent. It's a special thing. Not everybody could do it. Otherwise, everybody would be doing it. You know, and I, I believe they, re, they will respect it more when they see how difficult it is and how how long it, it, it takes to actually, you know, to get from a seed into a full grown plant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and sometimes it's not even a seed; it's just the, the embryo. It was like way back when. <laughs> in your head, you know. Now, Aji, in your beloved Angola, what is your favorite food? What's your favorite dish? Dish? Um, I am a health-eating guy. Not as of late, but as, like, like I tell you, don't drink. It's been a long time, you know? But um, I like the ground stuff. I love the, the plantain, the, bana- the bananas, green bananas. I love fish. I love cornmeal, fungi, whatever you want to call it. That's my that's my favorite stuff. Fish, fungi, saltfish, yeah, and ground provisions. I eat that every day, every day. Interesting. So yeah. your your favorite restaurant on the island is what? A lot of people say I'm an exotic eater too. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Favorite restaurant? Restaurant, yeah. Uh I like. No, depends if you if you're. I like sandbar. Okay. I, I love sandbar. The fries are the bomb. Yes, but, indeed. But there's some really neat uh, uh, food spots. You know, you got food spot. I don't, I don't know if you heard of Shake Shack in Blue Point. Uh huh. Shake Shack is awesome. Shake Shack is awesome. We're going to give them that props. Oh. Yeah, for sure. So if you're in Angola and you're in Blue Point, just ask for the Shake Shack. Um, and did I mention, uh, I'm all over the place, I'm sorry. Primrose. Prims, yum, yum. Listen to me. Prims, yum. I had an opportunity to sing into one of her, her signature burgers. And I don't really do meat, meat per se. And I know if it was a fish burger, it would be as equally as, as, as you know, tasty as, as anything else. Ah, some. So you just ask for prim. Actually, you know, and and get yourself a burger. So 
I do fish and ground provisions for my favorite, favorite, favorite food. Interesting. And you know, you don't really hear a lot of people uh, uh, say that nowadays. That's, that's good to good to hear. <laughs> what are they eating? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, I like fish. I mean, I'm from the islands. I'm from you know, we get fish on a regular. You know, we always you always got fish. You can always get fish. And I mean, there's nothing like like the ground provisions with the fish. I mean. You know what I'm talking about, Chris. Indeed, indeed, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, what's the next big thing for Daddy Haji? Well, we're going to take the rocket and we're going to head on up. No, just kidding. Definitely, I want to do some collabs, international collabs. So, um, you're going to soon hear uh, some beats, you know, coming from, from Daddy Haji and have you know international artists on it that's the next big move you know COVID kind of slow everything up and we're i think i think it's also opportunity to kind of pedal back for a minute and see what's really important and learn how to you know market what you have so it's a very important time in terms of in artists artistry and in artists you know um, development so um, and you have to be creative now for to to be able to to function. So, but there's awful lot going on in life as well, you know, with family and and whatnot. But as this, you know, subsides, I can see that we're gonna definitely take off like a rocket with our our, our productions and creations. Mm-hmm. For sure. So I'm gonna be doing some some collabs. And yeah, we're gonna be trying to tap on some doors, knock on some doors, and say, "Hey, we're here." Nice. When you're 95 years old and you're in your rocking chair in your big house overlooking the cliffs of Shoal Bay and the Atlantic Ocean, what would you like to say is your ultimate goal? What is that thing that you want to accomplish? And at the end of it all, you would like to say, "Yes, I did that." What is that thing? We have made a mark in Caribbean's culture, you know. Um, I want everybody to know and to say, yeah, these guys did it, this guy did it. He he created a, a legacy. He created something where everybody can lean on, even if they take a chip off of it and forward, you know. That's that's what I want to I want and I want to see people still sing, you know, all the top songs of eighty years ago, whatever, forty years, fifty years ago. I want to see that they still enjoy these songs. You know, it's happening right now. Like I say, all in, in Tatola, they're singing "Love You Forever." When we when we we visited Tatola, uh, Exodus, and we played the song, we we got screams. You know. So that's, that goes to show you that the, the impact is real. Yeah, we, I just want to know that we didn't come and go without making a mark. And, you know, we were remembered by our walk that we, that we left behind. Yeah. Awesome. Now, Haji, this is a portion of the interview where I strap on my spacesuit and I jump out into the atmosphere and I'll leave you on Planet 30 alone 
Say whatever it is you want to say to the audience. The planet is yours. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to my house. Right now, uh, we have already taken to the past. You had a great insight into the mind that has created numerous uh, experiences for everyone. And I'm going to put you in the other half of the mind where we're creating experiences to come. Yeah? Here we go. <laughs> if you say it, say it with your chest. Say it with your chest. And if you're not doing anything, and if you can't get to sing, scream it out. I want to sing my tune this year. Big up. Thanks for listening. Planet 30, out. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, singer, songwriter, keyboardist, composer, rhythm programmer, oh, so many hats. Terrence, Daddy Haji, Hajkarti. Thank you for being on the on Planet 30. But before you leave, the most important question of the, of, of the interview, how can we contact you? How can we follow you, etc.? All right, so e emails, Daddy Haji at Hotmail, Terrence HC at Gmail. I'm Daddy Haji on Instagram. I'm Daddy Haji at Facebook, Terrence Hajkati Facebook. Just peep in and I'll be there. Awesome. We cannot thank you enough for such a wonderful interview. Blessings. Blessings. <laughs> Take care. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Planet 30. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at OnPlanet30. Like us on Facebook.com slash Planet30. Our email address is OnPlanet30 at gmail.com. That's O N P L A. N-E-T-T-H-I-R-T-Y at gmail.com. For more information about Planet 30, visit our website, planet30.com. That's P-L-A-N-E-T-T-H-I-R-T-Y dot com. I am Crispin Brooks. And this is Planet 30.